Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to Amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. Rob McConnell here, and you're listening to the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network. Our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from ten p.m. Eastern until two a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network and our fine family of broadcast affiliates around the world. My guest this hour is Dr. Chris Tangri, and uh, the doctor was born in Lahore, India in 1925. Dr. Tangri graduated in 
metallurgy from uh, the Benares Hindu University in 1948 after receiving a Bachelor of Science degree from Punjab University in 1944. After receiving an MS and PhD in metallurgical engineering from the schools of mines at metallurgy, Rolla, Missouri, USA. He worked in uh, various research laboratories in the U.S., India, the U.K., Italy, Spain, Germany, and Canada. He retired as a research director of Metallurgical Sciences Laboratory of the University of Manitoba, Winnipeg, in 1992. He is the recipient of several awards and honors from organizations and universities in India, the United States, and Canada. Along with being an active scientific researcher, he has been an avid painter. His work has been shown in India, Spain, Germany, and Canada, and are in private collections in Canada, the U.S., Germany, India, Spain, and Italy. He now resides in Victoria, British Columbia, where he is an active member of the art community. And um, first of all, uh, Dr. Chris Tongri, welcome to the Exxon. And I was wondering, if, for the benefit of our listeners, could you give us a brief summary of the story of your book? Mr. McConnell, I think the best thing that I can do is to briefly read out the review. Uh, if you will allow me two, three minutes on that. Sure, go right ahead, sir. Uh, this book is a wonderful. This is by Dr. Kamli Rao, who is a professor of literature in um, Bangalore. And I will talk about her later. She's one of the people who had suggested that I should publish this work. And she reviews... Doctor, you're going to have to speak louder. I'm having a very hard time hearing you, sir. Okay. This book is a wonderful ranging... This is... I'm reading the review. Mm -hmm. This book is a wonderful ranging of a man's travails and tribulations in life, especially his unhappiness in love and final reconciliation. The very title is intriguing and makes the reader ask what the Mahatma has to do with the lovers. And three unlucky lovers. The author lends authenticity to the narration by producing, by reproducing. Uh, I must tell you, I have got macular degeneration in the eyes, mm -hmm. and it is rather difficult for me to read. So, it might take a little, little while for me. Okay, it says a narration by producing concepts from personal correspondence pertaining to the narrated events. Well, in short, basically. I was engaged to Mahatma Gandhi's granddaughter, Sita. And why that marriage did not uh, materialize, the relationship did not mature, even though I got engaged to All right, sir, please stand by. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back in two minutes. Dr. Chris Tangri is our special guest, www.tafford.com forward slash 07 dash 0478. That's www.tafford.com forward slash 07 dash 0478. I'll be back in two minutes as the Exxon continues right here on Talkstar. Watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, gonna find out who's naughty and nice, 
Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows. All right, apparently the uh, telephone uh, problems have been uh, rectified. And um, Dr. Chris Tangri, welcome back. And I was wondering if you could start reading over again, Doctor, because we had a very hard time hearing you in the first okay. segment. Rather than reading, I will just very briefly mention, summarize it. All right. Can you hear me properly now? Yes, thank you. Okay, I was engaged to Mahatma Gandhi's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Her name was Sita. We got engaged, and Bapu put some condition. Bapu, off and on, when I refer, because I'm in the habit of Gandhi was called Bapu by most Indians. So Gandhi interfered. He put a condition on us that for seven years we will not talk to each other, write to each other, meet each other, exchange news only through Gandhi. So it's a rather long story. What happened to our lives, to Sita's life and to my life because of Gandhi's ideas? And I spent three times I visited him. I, he asked me to come down and visit. And the long discussions that I had and our differences of opinion between a 70-year-old man who is uh, treated as a saint and as a well, he was a great man, as a very great man, and uh, a 21-year-old young man who had his own ideas. Mm-hmm. And how the, the clash of ideas, the clash of generations, whatever you want to call it, and how it affected our lives, that is basically the story. Why did you decide to write this book after all these years? Uh, that's a good question, because this was not intended to be a book. When I was in Ispra, in the... European laboratory, research laboratory, as a visiting research scientist. At that time, I got sick, very seriously sick. And I was sort of given up hope. That was in 1987. My wife did not know the details of the affair with Sita and also another affair afterwards, a brief affair with a very well-known artist called Mira who died after some time or it, I was given to understand that she died. She plays an, also in a rather important role in my life and my story. Mm-hmm. My wife knew only that I was engaged to Sita Gandhi. My father and mother, of course, knew, and my brother and two brothers knew. But nobody knew the details except my mother. Why things broke down. And I knew that sooner or later... If I die tomorrow, things are going to come out, and she might wonder. And I, at that time, when I was laid up for a few months in Italy, and there was little hope of my recovery, I wrote my diaries. So these are from those diaries. The major part of the book is really those diaries explaining to my wife. I sealed those papers. I survived. I sealed those papers, brought the package, told my wife that this is to be opened after I die. And then after a few years, I took ill again in 2002, and I had three of Gandhi's letters. And we are, both of us are supporters of many charities, and one of them is the Women in Need Society in Victoria. So I contacted them and offered my these letters. I said, sell them and use the money for the good purpose, but they are doing very good work for better women. And they, they were very happy. They said, yes, 
was very happy to have them. But they turned the job back to me. He said, well, you, you sell them and we'll take the money. Hmm. Because I was sick, I took help from another young lady, my son's girlfriend. She put it on, uh, she, she sold it through Lunds, a local company, which is a company that, uh, what do they call these people? Uh, well, anyway, they, they sold it, auctioneers, they sold it. But before that, I sent these letters to Lord Edinburgh, the man who produced Gandhi. Yes. And also to Ben Kingsley, telling them that, that this is for this and this charity, and charity have decided something that I think Gandhi would have liked. So I hope you will make a good offer. Lord Edinburgh didn't reply. But Ben Kingsley wrote back, and that letter is in the, in the book. He wrote back only three words, thank you, but no. But he was kind enough to send me a picture, a signed picture of himself. So anyway, the, these uh, letters were sold. And then after a few weeks, this was in July, July or two, and I get a call from Seattle by a man called Dr. Rajesh Rao. He's a professor in uh, computer science there. He told me that he's the one he had tracked me down, that uh, he has, he's the proud owner of the three letters, and he's very much interested in Gandhi. He's read a great deal. He would very much like to come and see me. And I said, yes, you're welcome. So finally, to cut the long story short, he came and we opened that package and he was accompanied by his mother, who's a professor of uh, literature in Bangalore, and his wife, who's a professor of literature in Seattle. So they both sat, they all sat, and they looked a few of the pages of my handwritten diaries. And they felt very strongly, say, it is not only a very good story, it is a historical importance, etc., etc., that I should publish it. And I told them that I neither have the energy nor the desire. This is something private that I had written. But he told me then that there is a book come out called Sita, Sita's Memoirs, published by her daughter, who is a historian, history professor in, uh, in Africa, in Durban, and uh, in which and this is available on the on the internet. Mm-hmm. And he sent me all the details. When I read the story, of course, I mentioned in that there are a few pages on me in that. And there were many factual errors about my family and about what had happened to us. And I, I contacted then Uma, the writer, Sita's daughter, pointing out the mistakes. And uh, I said, I have my own version. He said, I would like to listen to your side of the story. So I said, okay, I will Xerox this 70, 80 pages of my diary, and I'll send it to you. And she also wrote very nice emails sending and asking me to really publish. She said, if I had gotten this information before I published my mother's memoirs, I would have included these. Why don't you publish? And I said, I just don't have the energy or the help. She said, maybe your family, you know, your children may do it. And in the meantime, Dr. Kamli Rao and Dr. Rao, everybody said, now this is an important documentation. You should really publish it because it is of historical interest. So anyway, I, I talked to my daughter. Who she, she's a graduate in uh, business administration. Is a very competent lady. She has her own business. She had, had held senior positions, administration positions. 
So I showed the material to her when mm-hmm. she heard about it. So, Papa, I read it and it's a fascinating story. You should publish it and I will take care of it. So this is how the book came about. I just wrote the preamble, prologue and epilogue, and they took over. Uh, she took over. So how close were you with Gandhi? Well, I was quite close in the sense that I have visited him three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our Indian society, when you get engaged and you are part of a family, he was like, to me, he was like grandfather. But, you know, differences of opinion come in, but that doesn't mean that you don't respect a person, you love a person. And in any case, great majority of the people, especially the Hindus, they loved Gandhi. So he was like a father to all of us. But one can have disagreements with one's father also, as long as you politely present your point of view. And this is what I had done. So I was quite close, like described in the book. One night, he was a very busy man, so he had limited time for me. But when I was visiting Delhi on my second visit, and it was summertime and sunny days and very nice nights, and we sleep outside in the garden. So he had asked his assistants to put my bed next to him so that at night we could have chat without being, him being disturbed. So we were close in that sense that we could talk in private and at length. And we had long, long discussions, which, which are given in the book, which is, which is the most important part, our disagreements. Now, now, it seems in the book that you had a love-hate relationship with Gandhi. Um, how, how do you feel about him after all these years? Well, I think Mr. McDonnell, love-hate, modern psychology tells us that all relationships have love-hate. Mm-hmm. I think hate is a bit, bit strong word. I would prefer to say that love and disagreements and love and resentments. Even children have resentments against their parents. So I, I think, uh, yes, in the early days I had resentment because it affected my life very deeply. You know, uh, things happen and they leave a scar on you. Mm-hmm. And these scars hurt for the rest of your life. And yes, for some time, for quite a few years, for I would say till I went back to India, resentment stayed with me off and on when I thought of it. But... I don't think that I feel any resentment against Babu because he, the, his greatness and the things that he did outweigh all the faults that he had. Well, I, I must say that I do still think that he had his faults, like all of us have, all humans. And uh, But I, I look to the positive side that he was one of the very clever, shrewd politicians of our time. And he aspired to saintliness, and there were many good things in him, saintly things. But I don't think that uh, he was a saint like St. Francis of Assisi or things like that. I'm I'm sorry, I still feel that way. Mm -hmm. Stand by, Doctor. You and I have to take a commercial break. We'll be back on the other side of the news at the bottom of the hour. 1-877-528-8255 is toll-free. If you'd like to give us a call and speak to my special guest about Gandhi... My guest this hour is Dr. Chris Tangri, and his website is www.tafford.com forward slash 07-0478. That's www.tafford.com forward slash 07-0478. 
The good doctor and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Heard exclusively around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. If you currently have a short-term fixed-rate home mortgage, you do need to listen to this. The mortgage industry is rapidly changing, and no one knows that better than your friends in the money business, Prime Pacific Capital. Every day, new guidelines are making it more and more difficult for homeowners to refinance the current mortgage. Don't get caught with the high interest rate and increased payments once that loan automatically adjusts. Interest rates are still low. Call Prime Pacific Capital today and refinance into a long-term, low-rate fixed mortgage. No matter- Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a stuntman to do their home renovations. Just finished the new sunroom, Mrs. C. The best part is I used candy glass for all the windows. So you can do this. And this. Doesn't hurt a bit either. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. And if you don't want to take the long way to the kitchen, the walls are breakaway too. See? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. No matter what your credit situation or what state you live in, Prime Pacific Capital will work to secure a new loan for you. Don't count yourself out until you give us a call. A loan specialist is standing by to assist you with your free consultation. Make that call today. 1-866-464-1800. 1-866-464-1800. Call Prime Pacific Capital at 1-866-464-1800. Premier Psychics understands that the holidays are wonderful, but can be very troublesome for those who are alone, lost, scared, and sad. Allow a Premier Psychic to guide you and accompany you for 10 full minutes at the low cost of only $25. As a holiday greeting to all first-time callers, at the completion of your first 10-minute call, an extra 10 free minutes will be added to your account to use with the Psychic of your choice. Call Premier Psychics now on their toll-free number at 1-866-803-6593 or visit Premier Psychics online at www.premierpsychics.com. A very Merry Christmas and the best of the new year to one and all from everyone at Premier Psychics, where the extra E in Premier stands for excellence. We wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. My name is Michael Telstar. This is Psychic Dorothy. Hello, my name is Holly Reeve. This is Ken Elliott. Hi, this is Patrick Cross. This is Les Corey. This is John Hogue. Hi, this is Eric Rawls. Hi, this is Blade Runner. Hi, I'm Laura Fabron. I'm Clegg Lewis. My name is Lady Ashley. Hey, you! This is Rick Emerson, and you're listening to The X-Zone with Rob McConnell. And a happy... 
Middle of December ain't the time to be alone. It's just too close to Christmas, too far to go home. Ran into a friend of a friend standing in the checkout line. She said I spent too much already, and there's gifts I just can't find. I walked her home, and when she opened up her door, oh, I'm not sure what happened then. Yes, magic took its course. Welcome back to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and this is the Talk Star Radio Network. Toll free one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. Dr. Chris Tangri is our special guest. His website is www.tafford.com forward slash zero seven dash zero four seven eight. Apart from your personal experience with Gandhi, do you what what do you think of his contri- uh, contributions to India and the world, Doctor? As I was saying, I think he's one of the very great thinkers of our time. He made a tremendous contribution to the march of minds in modern times. Actually, there was a very interesting book written by uh, Eric Erickson, a very well-known psychiatrist from the West Coast some mm-hmm. years ago. It's called Gandhi's Truth. And I read that because somebody said, oh, Chris, you you talk like uh, some of the things that you have said. Yeah, like what Erickson has said. Because I was trying to say that he has made very great contributions to India, to the world, to our thinking. And yet, he had also caused some problems. He had also had defects. Now, Erickson compares him to men like Augustine, Gandhi, Freud, you know, these, they're in, in one breath he talks about them. That, that he's referring to their books like The Confessions and Gandhi's My Experiments with Truth and the Interpretation of Dreams. That, that they had their faults too, their psychosis too. So I, I, I look at it in a very respectful manner that he was one of our greats of modern times, yet he was human and he had his own faults. And I think, though he did a lot of good to humanity, but mm-hmm. for people around him, near and dear to him, they suffered. What, how did they his, suffer? I beg your pardon? How did they suffer? They suffered because he dictated, like for example, he's giving me a dictate that for seven years you must not meet each other. Why, Babu? Why? What is the reason? Because I want to test your love. Now, I will read out one of his Gandhi's saying, quotations. He says, freedom is not worth having if it does not denote freedom to err. That means to make a mistake. It passes my comprehension how human beings, be they ever so experienced and able, can delight in depriving other human beings of that precious right. Hmm. My question to Babu was, what about my freedom to make mistakes? Because in my view, if you take that away, you are really violating another person's essence, being 
whatever you want to call it, his integrity, identity. And I think that he had done to many people. He did to his granddaughter, Sita. If you read the book, her memoirs, right in the very beginning, he says, now I'm 70, and I feel what a waste my life has been. And I have talked to my daughter also. Making demands, I think it's a sort of, you have to be a superhuman to, to live with this, those kind of fatwas. And either, I, I don't know if you know that the new picture has come out, the movie, called Wendy, My Father. No, I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah, it, it has come out and it has been released. And uh, I happened to see it three days ago. Somebody who had read my book said, oh, you should see that movie. So we got the DVD and saw that. And I knew, that, of course, the story. There's the story of his eldest son, how he suffered. And he died a miserable death. He became a drunkard and this and that and all that kind of thing. So he made demands on other people. And my question to him was one night, and he has given him much more detail in the book. I had asked him a point blank question. Are you God? He said, when did I ever say that? I said, you don't have to say it, but you act like one. You act as if you are one. So you are trying to test my love for a person. How do you know how we are going to grow? We may grow in different directions after marriage. For seven years, we may be okay. You know, we only exchange each other's news through you. I said, that, that is unreasonable demand. So like that, I think he had affected many people's lives in that way. And of course, some of the things that he did, for example, in his later years when he was, I think, 80, 81, now it is in the book, even in his own uh, memoirs, Gandhi's My Experiments with Truth, the book is called. You read that and you will find that at that time he used to, when he was old, he would shiver at night sometimes and he would ask middle-aged women to lie to cradle him in bed. Then he writes that he's testing his uh, capacity to control his uh, not getting excited, but he mm -hmm. got excited and he admits that. Now what will he do to a young person? Girls who are 30, 30, you know, 35, young women lying next to an old man for his experiments on himself to find out whether he has mastered his body, mastered his emotions. So these are the kind of things I think one has to keep in mind that even the great people, the greatest of them, like St. Augustine, I don't know if, if you recall his quotation, St. Augustine once said that marriage at best is a necessary fornication. So Gandhi, like Freud, had some fixation about sex. Now, we could go on for a you know, long time on this thing, but to sum it up, to answer your question, I think he was a very great man, very te great tactician, very good thinker, and he made a lot of contribution to the march of minds. But he was human, and I think he did do damage to a lot of people, in summary. <laughs> I'm sorry to admit that, that even today, I am 82 now, that's the age when Bapu died, when he was assassinated. Yes. And uh, I can't change that. I can't change my mind about that. I was 21 when I had started arguing with him that way. And after living all these years, having read a great deal, thought a great deal, traveled and worked in so many countries, met a lot of interesting and important people. And 
after all these experiences, I cannot change my mind on that subject. One eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. Doctor Chris Tangri is our special guest, and we're talking about Gandhi. Um, did you um, did you really try hard to contact Sita? No. The reason was that when Gandhi he would not yield on that. Mm-hmm. He said that you will not. It is in the book in Sita's book. I did not all the, know all these things, but he told them that I will not have, uh, that we will not have his blessings if we didn't agree to his conditions. So I went and talked to him, and I told him that, listen, if I do not think that this is right, I will not do it. But as a gentleman, I will give you a way out. I will write one letter to Sita. If she does not reply, that is the last letter she will get from me. I will not bother her. I will not contact her. And I am bound by that, and I was bound by that, and I lived with that. Did Sita ever contact you? Yes. She, well, that I find out much later from the book. And also, many years afterwards, when she was a grandmother, she, she says in the book that she tried to find me. Mm-hmm. But why she couldn't find me or why they could not locate me, I simply do not understand because I had seen Gandhi after having left Banaras. I had seen Gandhi thrice and her family knew I had been, had been visiting them. But I think they were so afraid of Gandhi's uh, because his moral power or whatever you want to call it sway over them mm-hmm. that they will not give the information about me to him. And I would not break my promise, as I told Radhi that I will not. Once I tell you, that if she doesn't reply, then we don't as far as I'm concerned. From uh, why, why did he, why do you why do you think that Gandhi really wanted you to break contact with Sita for seven years? Do you think it was just to prove your love, or was there another motive? No, that because in the book as the uh, on the letters written by Babu and uh, her family mm-hmm. and her granddaughter has also written that her, most of the family members liked me. It was that their insistence that I got engaged. We had no plans of getting married or engaged or anything. It was our maternal grandmother who had liked me. He was very, she was a very strict, strict and a very powerful woman in her own right. And uh, she's the one who had said that it is a very important day, 14th of August in uh, 1947, when the country became free, mm-hmm. that this is a kind of a auspicious holy day. You two should get married. You are meant for each other. So it came as a board from the blue, and I was happy, and Sita was happy. We got engaged. So the family liked me, but Gandhi had put this kind of a condition on another member of his retinue. And they, they you know... Agreed, whatever Babu says, it was like a fatwa, you have to just do it. And uh, I was a more independent-minded person, thanks to my father, you know, the way I grew up. My father was way ahead of his time, and he's, he was not given to lectures or advising people unless you ask his advice. But he was a very thoughtful person, and he always said that you must take responsibility for your action, but you must think things through. 
do things only not because you are told, but because you think it's right. Things like that. What would have happened, uh, Doctor, if you would have decided to run away with Sita and marry her anyway, even though he did not give you his blessings? Well, I went back after uh, getting engaged, which was at her maternal grandparents' house in Akola, the mm-hmm. place in, in, in India where we went from Manas, because I could not go home at that time. Killing had already started. Riots had already started. So after reaching Banaras, I went down to Delhi. That's the first time when I you know, started visiting Bapu in search of my parents. And nobody will tell me where Sita is. I had written a letter and I had received no reply. Mm. And I did not know till a few years ago, especially when the book came out, Sita's book came out, that she had been moved from Banaras. She did not come back. She was supposed to come back in September for her next semester. She didn't show up, and I'm trying to find, and I have been written the letter, I go to Gandhi, I said, well, I'm not going to ask the question because I have agreed, I have pointed out that I will not try to contact her. But I was hoping that either Gandhi will tell me or her cousins will tell me. I am visiting them, I am with them. Nobody tells me where she is. And now, after years, when the book comes out, her memoirs, I found that she was moved to Aligarh University. She was removed from Banaras University to another university. And from there, after a few months, she was sent to Africa. So they kept her moving around. <laughs> that's right. So it was only Bapu, because that's what the family, even uh, uh, his great-granddaughter, Uma, who has written the, who has edited the memoirs, mm-hmm. her email to me, number of emails that she has sent, she said, no, my family members like you. That's why she doesn't understand why I was not informed that I, I did not know where Chita is. But I kept my promise, and I went away to USA. I had very interesting, different, you know, number of uh, interactions with a lot of very interesting people, which are described in the book. My years, seven years in America, and uh, and then of course after seven years, I felt that I am free. Mm-hmm. But then. Going back to India on the ship, I felt that I am free, that I am, uh, the seven-year period is over, now I am a free man, but not totally free, because I kept on thinking that if I arrive in Bombay, and I find that Sita is still waiting for me, because I had chances to get married, I had fallen in love on the ship with this lady, this uh, artist who became very famous, and her statue, the famous statue outside Delhi Airport International is called Ashoka at Kalinga. She became a very famous artist. We fell in love on the on the boat. But I could not reciprocate. Again that long story is in the book. Simply All right, Doctor, please stand by. We've got to take a commercial break here. Uh, when we come back we'll be finishing our conversation with Doctor Chris Tangri about Gandhi www.tafford.com forward slash 07-0478. When we come back from this break, I'll tell you who's on the show tomorrow night, and we'll take a look at tonight's show. And uh, don't forget, Santa Claus is coming to the X-Zone. My name's Rob McConnell. This is the X-Zone, and uh, we will be back on the other side of this break.
as we continue live and around the world from our snowbound studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. I'm sure you've heard the saying, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Margie Garrison was at the end of her rope. At the young age of 28, she was told she would be in a wheelchair in about five years. And then, when she just couldn't go on any longer, she met a doctor who said to her, Margie, arthritis is the easiest disease there is to cure. Now, can you imagine Margie's joy after 43 years and thousands of dollars of doctor bills and pain medications that didn't work? Learn the whole story online at healthstarproducts.com. That's H-E-A-L-T-H, healthstarproducts.com. It's guaranteed or your money back, and you have a full year to decide. Look it up online for yourself at HealthStar, H-E-A-L-T-H, HealthStarProducts.com, and find out if what worked for Margie Garrison will work for you. Whether it's the arrival of Planet X in 2012, the Earth's crazy weather cycles, our deadly global warming, Armageddon, UFOs, ETs, terrorism, the critical mass 2008 presidential elections, Dr. Jason Rand talks the talk and walks the walk. Being a twice-nominated Grammy record producer, recording artist, publisher, lecturer, UFO ET researcher and investigator, and best-selling author of The Return of Planet X, Mankind's Ongoing Legacy with a Brown Dwarf Star, Dr. Jason Rand truly does walk the walk and talk the talk. For more information on Dr. Jason Rand or to order The Return of Planet X, visit his website at www.returnofplanet-x.com or call 901-336-9660. And where will you be in... everyone i'd like to thank all our guests tonight uh, william j federer we talked about there really is a santa claus dr sky talked to us about the comet homes uh, we talked about manned space flight and what is to see in the skies overhead in this month of december dandy daily mccall who says santa claus has an image problem and dr chris tandry uh, gandhi surprising side of the world leader on tomorrow night's show, we have uh, Ralph Barak, who is the man who fathered Viacom. He's got a new book out. It's entitled Television Type Rope, How I Escaped Hitler, Survived CBS, and Fathered Viacom. Brian David Anderson will be joining us to talk about his book, My God, I'm Hit, and Patrick Cook with the Cook Report. That's tomorrow night here on the X-Zone. First of all, uh, Dr. Chris Tangri, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And to you and your family, the very best of the season's greetings and health, happiness, prosperity for the new year to come. Thank you and yours. Thank you, sir. Um, did your wife and children know about your relationship with Sita and Mira? Uh, no. My 
wife knew about uh, Sita, mm-hmm. but no details, because we have never talked. It is past, and I put it behind me. And uh, the children didn't know. Of course, my mother knew, my parents knew. And Mira knew. Mira mm-hmm. nobody knew, except my wife knew that I had a brief affair, but no details. She only got to know when the, my diaries had been typed by my daughter because my wife was one of the readers, what you call proofreaders. Mm-hmm. That's the time, this is only a few months ago, last June, that she got to know the details. What is the message that you want to bring to the readers in your book? That I think, uh, I, I would just quote Gandhi. What, he's, what I read out before, mm-hmm. that we must give other people their freedom, their identity, that we must not impose our ideas on others, no matter how holy we feel, you know, how so sure of ourselves. And that, that is what causes problems. I think when we start thinking that we know the mind of God and that I can tell other people mm-hmm. what to do exactly, you can offer advice if advice is sought. But to put conditions, especially when you are in power or you are a person who is listened to for one reason or another, then to demand things, I think it, it is immoral. Doctor, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Uh, Dr. Chris Tangri has been our special guest. His website is www.tafford.com forward slash 07 0478. That's www.tafford.com 07 0478. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. My goodness, how time flies when we're having fun, and these are the fastest four hours that you'll find anywhere. In this great big world of ours, Superman and Master Control, thanks for keeping us up on those uh, three big birds in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, and Aglia 2. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And to you, the Exo Nation, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day, your night, no matter where you are on this great big world of ours. Thank you for getting us out there, and uh, we're looking forward to getting the show into the European Union very shortly. So until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, when once again we cross this time-space continuum that I call the X-Zone, remember, take care of each other. Do something nice, positive reinforcement. Do something good, and something good will happen to you. And always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart to the light. Good night, X-Zone Nation. <laughs>